Ask the Lord to bless us through these words from Genesis chapter 28 today, beginning at verse 10, where it says, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. And when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And early in the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I will return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God, and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. This is God's word. So last week you had a guest preacher here. Uh, we did a little rotation between the three churches, and so we were blessed to have Pastor Colander uh, from the Springs Lutheran bringing you God's word last week. Uh, something you didn't know, though, was probably this, that you're also, we're also going to have a guest preacher here today. My name is Jacob. You maybe know me by my nickname. It's Israel. That's a nickname that I get later on in life. But for right now, I'm just plain old Jacob. And let me tell you a little bit about my life. It stinks. At least at this portion of my life. Because you see, my mom had told me I was going to be this great person, that I was going to have you know, a big family, lots of descendants, and people were going to serve me and all this wonderful stuff. She even said that the Savior was going to come for my family and, and all this awesome, awesome stuff that was going to happen to me. And, and maybe your mom is like that too. She's got blinders on. She tells you little, from little on, oh, Johnny, you can be the president. Or Susie, you can be, the, you can be an astronaut or whatever. And, and you, you have all these high expectations for your life. But here's a little difference between your mom and my mom. You see, the Lord actually told this to my mom in a dream when she was pregnant with me. She even, he, he told her that even my, my older brother, by a couple minutes, he's my twin brother, Esau, that he would serve me. She told me, that, yep, the Lord said, yeah, I'm going to be the ancestor of the Savior of the world. But none of that has come to fruition. At least not yet. And I will tell you that the, one of the low points of my life was when I turned 40. Because you see, that's what my again, older by 10-minute brother, Esau, got married. And here I am, still single, 
and I'm supposed to have all these descendants. I mean, not that I wanted to marry a wife like my brother Esau. I mean, trust me, you would not want to marry somebody like her. But I was still lonely. I'm like, are these promises ever going to come true? And the years go by, and dad's getting older, up there in age, getting weaker and weaker. My dad and I, you know, we kind of saw, we, we didn't always see eye to eye. We got along okay, but it, he, he definitely favored my brother Esau. He was a man's man. I, I kind of hung around with mom a little bit more. And for some reason, my dad was bent on giving Esau the special promise that my mom said was intended for me. And so I'm not really proud of this. Uh, but my mom and I got wind of this, and so we schemed up this tremendous plot that I still can't believe we pulled it off to this day. But I, like I said, I don't feel good about it. In fact, I feel somewhat guilty. But it worked. It worked. And I got the special blessing. But I have to tell you, right now it feels like more like a curse. Because nothing's changed in my life. I'm still single. I feel guilty about stealing the blessing from my brother. My brother, he's ticked at me. In fact, he wants to kill me. And maybe you've done something like that in your life too, where you did something and you wish you could just roll back the clock, roll back the calendar, and say, I wish I would have never done that. I wish I would have just put it in God's hands and let him do it. But now... Because of your actions, you're living with the repercussions. You're, you're dealing with the consequences of your actions. That's, that's kind of me right now. Like I said, I'm still lonely. Something that really bothers me is that I'm single, and I don't know why I'm single. You know, maybe it's because I'm such a mama's boy. I haven't shaved for a month, and my brother's 5 o'clock shadow is hairier than my face right now. But to tell you the truth, there's not a whole lot of women around here, at least not God-fearing women. They're all like my sister-in-law. And maybe you understand the challenge of that, of, of marrying someone who, who doesn't believe, or you know someone who's married an unbeliever, and that, that brings a lot of challenges in life, and I don't want that. So what am I going to do? I mean, here I am, I'm, I'm 70 years old. Maybe that's not how you pictured me. You maybe pictured me as some 25-year-old kid when you read that story about me r running before, but no, I'm 65, 66, 67. I don't know, you get to be my age, you stop counting birthdays. And so here I am. I'm single. I'm sinful. I'm scared. Scared that my life isn't necessarily going to come to be what I thought it would be. What can I do? Maybe I'll just run. Yeah, I think that's what I'll do. I'll just run. Then I can hopefully escape my brother who wants to kill me. Maybe I can escape this guilt. Maybe I can even find a wife. You know, I hear 500 miles north of here, there's some women up there who believe in Jesus. Maybe I'll run up there and find a find a wife, somebody that maybe mom and dad would approve of. Let's do it. Let's head out. Wow, this is tougher than I thought. Day one of the books, 488 miles to go, you know? 
And remember, I'm no spring chicken. I'm 70 by now, so this is going to be a long, a long, long, long trek on foot to go there. But the sun's going down, and, and, and you can't see anyway, so I might as well just call it a night. Man, I wish I had a pillow. I don't, so maybe I can just use this stone for a pillow. Not the most comfortable thing, but at least it raises my head a little bit. Am I dreaming? What's that I see? You know, it looks like this huge, yeah, it is. It's just a staircase. And it looks like there's angels going up and down the sides of the staircase. And what? Who's that at the top? Oh, Lord, is that you? What's that, Lord? What are you saying? I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Wow. There's a lot of steps in that speech that the Lord just gave. A lot of promises. As many steps in that speech, as many as I see in the, the stairway that leads all the way to heaven. Just need to slow down and maybe take each one in. One step at a time. You know, look at those, look at that first words, those first words again where, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I can't tell you how much that means to me as Jacob. Because, you know, I, I told you I don't always see eye to eye with my dad, but there's something I appreciate about my dad. It's that he loves the Lord, and the Lord loves him. It's evident in their life. And for, for my, my dad's God, who loves my dad, now to talk to me, Sinful me, guilty me, scared running me, that means a whole lot, a whole lot to me. And not only is, is God the, fa- the, the God of my dad, Isaac, he's also the God of my grandpa, Abraham. And I know God said, oh, he's the God of my father, Abraham. You have to know the little bit the way we talk. We can say father to mean grandfather, great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather. But, but, but Abraham's really my grandpa. And you should just hear, you should hear the stories about my grandpa and how close he was with God. In fact, my favorite story is the one that my dad tells all the time. I've heard it a hundred times. When my dad was a teenager, he went on a three-day hike with, his, with, with grandpa. And they got on top of a mountain. Maybe you've heard this story. But they got on top of that mountain and, God tie, or, and my grandpa tied up my, my dad and was going to throw him on top of an altar and sacrifice him. Not that, my, not that my grandpa was this abusive guy, but you see, God had told him to do that, to show that he would love him. And my grandpa was willing to do it. I mean, can you imagine that? I would kill for a son. Here I am at 70. I don't even have a girlfriend. No, not, I mean, there's no way I think I'm even going to have a son. But to have my grandpa being willing to kill his son, just to show God how much he loved him, Wow. Well, God stepped in and intervened and said, hey, don't touch, don't touch Isaac, don't touch my dad. But imagine how close my grandpa and God were. And now that God is talking to me. This, 
these opening words of this process, wow, they're comforting. And there's so much more here. I mean, look at what it goes on to say after that. It says, and your descendants, or I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. You know, the word that really jumps out at me there is that word descendants. Remember, I'm 70 years old. I don't, I don't have a prospect of having a kid yet. That, you know what that word means? That means that, that God's going to bless this trip. That means maybe I, will, I must be able to find a wife up north. And that God's going to have my descendants be like the dust of the earth to spread out in all directions. You know what that sounds like? That sounds exactly like the promise that God gave to my grandpa Abraham. And it sounds like the promise that God gave to my dad Isaac. And, and, and even more so, he tells me that one of these descendants is going to be really special. I mean, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. You know who that is? That's the promise of a Savior. And you know who all peoples are? You guys. You guys are going to be blessed through me, so you're welcome, right? No, actually, it has nothing to do with me. I'm just this sinful, scaredy cat, but this is all God's grace. That this is the Savior that I need. This is the promise of a Savior that you need. And God's promising that to me right now. And then looking on, and then he goes on to say, and he, he goes on to say this wonderful promise. He says, and I am with you. I can't tell you what those words mean to me. I am with you. Because when I left mom and dad's house, running away from my brother, feeling guilty, I, I wondered if God would go with me. And yet here he says, yeah, even in this circumstance, Jake, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not abandoned. I can't tell you how much that means to me at this point in my life. And, and, and yet I, I, I kind of bet that you guys do understand the value of hearing that from your God. Because you see, in my lifetime, the way that God communicates to us is usually like he's doing right now. He's communicating to me through a dream. Or he, he communicated to one of our ancestors, but they live a long time. So if you want to know what God said, you just go, hey, great, great, great grandpa, what happened? And he'll tell you what happened. My understanding is that by the time you guys are living, all this gets written down and it gets put together in a book. And I think you're going to call it the Bible. And, and one of the favorite phrases I hear that God says over and over and over and over and over again is, I am with you. You know, like there's going to be one of my uh, descendants uh, named Moses, and he's going to lead all of my descendants, two and, a half million, uh, two and a half million of them, out of slavery in Egypt. I mean, can you imagine how daunting that would be? And, and God's going to come to him and says, hey, don't worry, Moses. My presence will go with you. Or a generation later, there's going to be a guy named Joshua who's going to bring my descendants right back to this land, just like God promised. And before they head into this land, and I know you know this promise because I see it in your Hobby Lobby stores on pictures all the time, where it says, hey, don't worry, you don't have to be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Why? For I, the Lord your God, will be with you wherever you go. Or one of my descendants that you guys are going to love, he's pretty famous. He's a songwriter, you know, so he's kind of a pop star. And, and his, his best song, 
that you guys love. The middle lyric of it, hey, you don't have to fear even any evil. Why? Psalm 23 says, for I am with you. Or way down the road, way down the road, when, when my offspring, that, that special offspring, comes to this world, and he's going to be named Jesus, and he dies for you, but before he goes back to heaven, do you know what the last words are that are going to come out of his mouth? Surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. God says that over and over and over and over and over again. And I think I get why. Because we so often forget it. But when you're like I am right now, scared as you're sleeping underneath the stars, not knowing what's going to happen in your life, God can't say that enough to me. I'm with you. I'm with you. And then look at what he goes on to say. He says, and I will watch over you. I will watch over you. There, that's a, a little bit different slant, right? I am with you, says God's side by side with you. But to be over you, now it's not just his presence that's going to be with you, but so is his protection. And that's what I need to hear right now because I, can, I don't know if an animal is going to eat me or what. I don't know how this 500-mile this journey is going to go for me. I'm scared. But to be assured that the Lord is going to watch over me, what a promise. And that's a promise that, that you can bank on too because I bet you there are times in your life where you're going to be scared. You got that serious doctor appointment coming up. Remember this, I will watch over you. You have that tough conversation that has to be had. Remember this, God's promise, I will watch over you. You're maybe facing a career change or a move. Remember this, I will watch over you. And it's not just, you know, like, like this promise of God's presence and protection only lasts for a little bit. It's not like God says, oh, five o'clock. Okay, you guys are on your own now for the night. See you tomorrow. No, look what it says here. It says, I will be with you and will watch over you wherever you go. God's presence doesn't stop at the city limits. God's presence doesn't stop at the state line. God's presence doesn't stop in our country. I will be with you wherever you go. And I bet you that's a promise that you appreciate even more than me. Because you guys, you guys live in such a mobile society compared to me. I mean, I hear about, in fact, I know some of you are gone in Vegas this, week, this weekend. I mean, it seems like you guys are always running to Vegas every week. Somebody, somebody from our church is going there. You know, that's about the same distance that I'm traveling. I'm going 500 miles. But this is a once-in-a-lifetime trip for me. I'm going up, and I'm going to wait 20 years before I come back. You guys just go on a weekend. It's crazy. But what a wonderful blessing that you have. The next time you travel, just as you click that seatbelt or that airline seatbelt, just remember, the Lord is with you wherever you go. And now the next promise, I think, while this one maybe means more to you than it does to me, I think the next promise means more to me than it does to you. As it says here, and I will bring you back to this land. This land is special to me. 
uh, because this land is the land that, that God promised my grandpa would be ours. This land is home. And this, land, and this promise assures me that I'm going to be okay on this long, long, long journey that I've never taken before. That God's going to bring me back here. In fact, I'll give you a little hint. It's on my way back to this land that God brings me back to this land. That's when I get my nickname, Israel. Because I'm still kind of scared about coming back here. Who knows what my brother is going to do to me. But I, God t- takes on the form of a, of a man and I wrestle with him all night. And I hold on to his legs and I say, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And he blesses me. And then he calls me Israel, which means one who wrestles with God. One of the promises that I just grabbed onto was, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Well, that's really what he says here, too. I mean, look at this last line. He says, I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. I mean, you just look at what he all promised me. I mean... I'm the Lord, I'm your God. I'll give you your descendants. I'll give you a land. I'll give you a savior. I am with you. I'll watch over you. Wherever you go, I'll bring you back. Check, 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 check. And that's similar to the promises that you can hold on to. God has promised you a whole lot. He's promised to be with you. He's promised to watch over you. He's promised to to work things out for your good. He's promised to to bring you back, maybe not to a specific land, but he's promised to come back and bring you to your eternal land where he's preparing a home for you right now. He's promised you forgiveness. He's promised you eternal life. He's promised you all these things, and he says, I will not leave you until check, 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 check. Hang on to those promises. Time to wake up. What a dream. What a fantastic dream. You know, I think I'm going to take this stone here that I just used as my pillow, and I'm going to, let's pour some oil on it, just to mark it. So that next time I come through here, I see that stone, and I'm reminded, yeah, the Lord didn't leave me. That I'm reminded that the Lord is in this place. In fact, I'm going to call this place Bethel, house of God. But really, this place isn't just in Bethel. This place can be in Reno. This place can be in Carson City. This place can be in Dayton. This place can be in Vegas. This place can be here. This place is wherever you are. Because that's where God is. You know, I'll be honest. My circumstances haven't really changed from the time I fell asleep to the time I woke up. I'm still single. I'm still a sinner. But I'm not quite as scared. You know why? Because while my circumstances haven't changed, my perspective has as I am reminded that the Lord is with me, that he has not abandoned me, 
and that he will bless. bless. And I pray, I pray that this stone that I marked to remind me of that continues to cry out to you in your life. Because the truth is, your circumstances probably have not changed from the time when you leave today to the time that you walked in. But I pray your perspective has. That you can go with those same promises that the Lord is with you. The Lord will not abandon you. The Lord is in this place. No matter what this place is. And I pray that you are led that when you see that stone cry out to you and say that message that the Lord is in this place, that you say the same thing I did. Wow. What an awesome place. What an awesome God. Amen.